Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits or your children. This is episode 103, and we are chatting about twin sleep training. We have previously covered twins on episode number 75, but you guys know not every child is the same, even with twins. So I have Julie Smith on today to tell us about her journey, sleep training her twin boys. I'm excited for you guys to listen into this episode. And if you know a twin mama, twin parents, forward this episode to them so they can feel encouraged. Or maybe you know somebody who's expecting twins. They should definitely listen to this because Julie has some awesome insight for the newborn twin days. All right, here's my conversation with Julie. Hey, Julie, I'm so happy when I made a call out to our um, Sleep Society members and said, hey, I'm looking for twin moms. I want to talk. You were so fast to be like, yes. I want to chat. And I'm so excited to hear your story about Jack and Charlie and talk about twin sleep training, twin routines, all the things twins, and of course, even get into some of your sleep questions. But thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. Well, let's talk about Jack and Charlie. Um, Tell us the story about their their coming to be. I know that you and your husband um, tried to conceive for quite a while. So can you tell us that story? Yeah, we've been married for 17 years this July, and we tried to have kids, I guess, proactively, if you want to say, uh, for probably 14 out of those years. Um, We tried everything you could think of. I'm very kind of natural, you know, uh, oriented, so to speak. I didn't want to use medicine if possible, so we avoided that until finally... Uh, January of last year, we decided to give IVF a try and that worked on the first try. And, um, we actually transferred two embryos, um, in the hopes that, you know, um, we would have maybe fraternal twins. And what happened was one embryo did not survive. And the one that did split into identical twins anyway. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We were apparently meant to have twins no matter what. So, but that's how our Jack and Charlie came to be. So, and you are a twin as well. That's right. I'm an identical twin as well. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That is so wild. I I love that. And you and I were talking right before we started recording this, that those boys are going to be so close. Um, You know, we can hope and pray. (laughs) I'm sure maybe during the growing up phase, maybe not so much. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So they are now six months old. All right. So talk talk to us about the story of their sleep. I'm sure that that might've been on the back burner, the thought about how they were going to sleep when you were expecting them because just the joy and the, um, the excitement of, you know, having children after such a long time of trying was probably the biggest joy factor. And then they come, tell us about their sleep. (laughs) Well, you know, I was nervous about that, honestly, before they came, because that's all I heard was you're never going to (laughs) sleep. You're never going to sleep again, sleep all you can now. And no matter how much you sleep before they come, there's no way to like, stockpile sleep and you know right before they come it just you're going to be exhausted no matter what and with two I mean it's double that so we had a pretty rough uh labor I was in labor for 30 hours I was induced because they were 37 weeks and with identical twins you know they, they don't want you to go full term because of different reasons but so that was a long process they ended up going to the NICU for a week so we came home pretty exhausted um, and they really weren't great sleepers from the beginning. I was, I was expecting, I will say this magical newborn phase where, oh, they just sleep anywhere and they'll sleep all the time and they're so sweet and snuggly. And 
and, and maybe mine were, and I was just too exhausted and anxious and nervous to, you know, enjoy that. You know, looking back, it was just such a blur. It was absolute survival for the first two months. So twin moms out there, just first get through the first two weeks. Just, you can do it. it there is an end in sight. Just get to the end of that two weeks. It gets a little bit easier. And then at the end of, I would say, you know, once the two months is over and you get to the three month mark, it gets a lot more enjoyable. You know, your babies actually interact with you and got a lot more fun for us then. So as far as them sleeping though, they probably were doing about five to eight hours a night around like three to four months. Um, and we thought like we had arrived because we were sleeping <laughs> five hour stretches and eight hours was even better. It was never the same night that they both slept five and eight hours, but Hey, we took what we could. Um, and then the sleep regression happened around four months and oh my gosh, it was like, something has got to give. We are like losing our minds. So that was where we really kind of, um, I started researching to figure out what we were going to do. And actually, um, another friend had used your program and told me about it and everything I read about it. I went onto your Instagram feed and everything I read, I liked, and, um, I made every excuse in the book not to start the program. I will <laughs> say, um, I don't, I, that's probably typical, you know, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, after researching it, you know, I felt good about it. And I just was like, I don't know, maybe they're not, you know, they're adjusted age. They've got three more weeks before they will be four months. And, you know, we should probably wait for this reason. And I had actually a nanny here that was helping me and she was like, stop making excuses. Just start, just do it. Like, you know, you're going to sleep better. They're going to be sleeping better. So I will say the one thing that helped me for all you moms out there that are making excuses um, is that I kind of, I remembered that I was giving my babies and my husband and myself the gift of sleep. Like this was a gift for them. It wasn't something I was doing to them like that. I was, I'm not hurting them. You know, I was so afraid, right. Of the crying and exactly what to expect, you know, just being nervous and all these different things that came up in my head, but I was giving my babies the gift of sleep and I'm teaching them a skill that they will use the rest of their life. Oh my gosh. So it really is. <laughs> that's what changed everything for me. Oh, it is. And that reframe of like, it, it kind of takes that getting out of your head. And I'm so glad you had somebody else to call that out and be like, Hey, I see this. They are ready because as the main caretaker, as the mom, there's a completely different emotional attachment um, that you have versus someone who is also in it with you every day, but they, they're seeing it differently. And that's so valuable to have sometimes. Yes, absolutely. You're right. That, that, that emotional piece and being connected to your babies, the hormones, I was still breastfeeding that definitely they kind of clouded things. Oh, absolutely. So I want to kind of ask a couple of like nitty gritty details because I get questions from newborn twin moms consistently asking about how do I do this? And I know you said the first two weeks, like literally our survival, like you're just, just get through the first two weeks. But can you walk us through, you know, when you did have, if you can remember, sometimes it can feel like a haze in the beginning where it is that 45, 60 minute awake time down for a nap. How did you juggle that with twins? Thankfully, my husband and I had the opportunity um, to be able to, or fortunate enough to be able to work from home. And actually during their first, you know, two months, we didn't have to work really. So we did a little work here and there on the side, but I had help and I know a lot of twin parents don't. So I was very fortunate. My mom lives close by. She came over, my husband's parents live about an hour away and they would come over on the weekends to sort of help give us a break. But I was breastfeeding. So I didn't technically get a break. I mean, I was up every one to two hours nursing or nursing, then pumping. And it was, it was exhausting. So, but what we did that worked, I think the best 
my husband actually came up with this, but we did shifts. So he would do a night shift, um, like starting at 9 p.m. I would try to go to sleep um, from 9 p.m. until 3 a.m. So that would give me six hours of not uninterrupted sleep because I still had to nurse, but he would bring me a baby. I would nurse and then he would just take the baby you know, back. Um, and then I would start my shift at 3 a.m. and let him sleep until um, 9 a.m. So that gave him a solid six hours of sleep. And I will say, you know, dads don't have the same hormones that moms do to sort of give us this super, <laughs> super mom, super woman power, you know, I think that does help some yeah. and they're exhausted in a different way, you know, so he really needed that six solid hours of uninterrupted sleep. So that worked well for us. And then during the day, we just sort of kind of tackled it together and tried napping when, when they did. But to be honest, that didn't work that well for me. I mean, I had to find time to eat. I had to find time to clean. I had to find time to clean myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was always something. So, Oh, absolutely. What a great idea to have that shift. I mean, and that's the beauty of the newborn is that they're not going to bed at 7 p.m. You know, it's going, to, it's going to be shifted a little bit later. And I almost feel like when you are in that newborn haze, you kind of lose sense of what a normal time is. Um, and maybe this is the mom. I've never asked a dad this before, but I felt like I did. I just kind of lost the sense of like, it's 3 a.m. Yeah, I'm awake right now. You know, you just, you just, they're your children. Like, and you're just, you just get through it and you just do it. I think you're right. Like there is that superpower that we have for those first three to four months, but it doesn't last. I mean, you know, we can, we can love that time. We can cherish those newborn days, but there does come a point, like you said, um, just, you know, honestly designed by God at four months old, boom, the sleep regression. Um, and that can change a lot about their sleep for sure. So when you guys did sleep train, can you share with us any, especially I'm looking at the bedtime routine, um, any twin specific tips, strategies, encouragement when you're doing the bedtime routine where I teach about, all right, let's do bath, feed, um, PJs, read a quick book, down for bed. How did you guys make this your own? So I will say again, there's two of us, right? And every family doesn't have that luxury. There are people, there are families where they have a parent who works third shift and they're not home for bedtime. And God bless your soul. <laughs> yes. Um, there are single parents by choice. Um, and so maybe that it's not by choice, but regardless, you know, I know that it can be done. I just can't speak to that. So I will say, you know, as a team, my husband and I, this is the way that we do it. Um, and those, whew, those super moms out there or super dads that are doing it by themselves, you know, that's, that's a whole nother thing. But for us, what we did to begin with was we set up, um, our routine before bedtime in our guest bedroom that's right beside the nursery so that we can sort of spread everything out onto the large, there's like a large queen size bed in there. So we spread out everything that we'll need for the routine right there. And then we can lay the baby side by side. You know, I'm, I have one baby, my husband has one baby and we're kind of doing it all together as a family. I know some families that do it sort of in shifts, they'll bathe one baby, then bring them back and put them in something put them in something to play, then bathe the other, then come back. We prefer um, to do it all together if possible. When they were younger and couldn't sit up in the bathtub though, we did have to bathe them in separate tubs and then we'd sort of come back together to the bed. But that's how we start is with setting up everything on that bed. Um, and then we actually do bath, uh, a full bath, like in the tub every three nights. And we just do what we call a bird bath with like a basin and a washcloth on the bed every other night. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. That's so cute. I love it. So we're not like drying out their skin and that kind of, and they like, they're pasty white babies. So they, so they have very sensitive skin. <laughs> so, so 
that's how our setup starts. And then we do just as per your suggestion, um, we do start with the bath. That I gotta I have to say is hard to keep to five to seven minutes for us if we're oh, doing a I'm full sure. <laughs> you get a pass on that, Julie. <laughs> okay. A full bath in the tub, we do start a little bit earlier and we almost make it an activity. Maybe that's not how it should be. So I don't want to give that advice. I'll ask. No, you it's that. fine. It's okay. I'll, I'll let me, let me like stop you there. I definitely, so for twin parents, it's not going to be five to seven minutes, maybe seven minutes per kid. So it's a total of like 15 to 20 minutes. That's fine. And you're right. Um, that can be an extension of like that's cranky time. Let's just get in the bath. They love bath. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's uh, someone said, you know, when, when nothing else works, uh, nature and water always work. So take them outside or get them in the water. And that does seem to work for ours. So, all right. So we start with that bath and then right now, because they are six months of age and can sit mostly on their own. Sometimes, you know, obviously we want to have, you want to have somebody supporting their backs in the tub just in case they get crazy. And, uh, but we have one that lays in uh, like a little reclined bath support. They call it the angel care we use. Yes, and then beside them is the other twin sitting up and then we switch. So they kind of get to play in the water and the other is like sort of reclining in their little hammock and they're getting a bath, um, getting a scrub down from mom while dad's sort of playing with the other one next to them. So, um, and then after that, we take them back to that bed and we get their diet diaper on and go ahead and lotion them up because um, their skin is moist and when they lock in that moisture um, and then we do the bottle uh, in their nursery, go to the nursery, feed them in their diaper, um, keeping them alert and awake, which can be hard sometimes. And then we go back to that room and put their PJs on and put them in a little sleep sack. We currently use the zippity zip, which they love. And that little zip sound, you know, they're like, I think it those are all their sleepy cues, right? They hear that little zip sound like you've mentioned before and it really does work. So, and then we go back to the nursery and we um, do one quick story or book and sing one song, same, same ones every single night. And they like grin from ear to ear when we sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. My husband and I love to sing and we actually harmonize and they are just like mesmerized. It's, the cutest thing. <laughs> it's like the, it's the best part of our day for all four of us. And then after that, we walk, we put our books back up and we say goodnight to the room, to the books, to the things on the wall, to each other, kiss each other goodnight and, I, and the, tell the dogs goodnight and all that good stuff. And then lights off, turn on the sound machine and they're in the crib. We say night, night, I love you and I'll see you in the morning. And that's it. So sweet. And it really can be, you know, for other twin mamas listening to this, like it can be that enjoyable. And I'm so it, glad that it is. It is. It is. I love that. Before this though, let me tell you, before this, it was not, um, we hardly got through our routine. It was like, why are you crying? This is supposed to be fun. What is, what is wrong with you? And it was, I think way too long. So, you know, literally doing it exactly how you said it, it it's been magical. Oh man, there is so, the, the magic is the right. And also I try to tell people like, I'm not magic, promise. And this is not magic. It's just what the baby wants. But having the right wake times, having the right bedtime routine that sometimes it's not radically different. Like there's nothing crazy about what I teach. It really just makes sense. It fits the baby and it's exactly what they need, but it just clicks so well with the baby and or babies. I love it. And it really should be. I want every single family to enjoy bedtime routine and love singing and love having that special time and getting their little ones down. It's just, it should be one of the best parts of the day. I agree. So how, um, how fast are they falling asleep? Talk to us like seriously about um, I'll, I'll ask you sleep training questions in a minute, but right now, do they kind of chat? Do they make some noises to one another or are they like totally out? 
it depends on the day, right? You know, how well their naps went and that type of thing. But I mean, in less than 10, in less than 10 minutes, um, they're out. And it doesn't normally even take that long. Um, sometimes they're chatting and, you know, three minutes later, they're just both out. And they're, they both sleep on their tummies now, which thank God, that whole tummy thing was... <laughs> That was, it had me worried. I'm like, can they breathe? Are they stuck? You know? Oh, it's uh, so hard. I watched that monitor forever. So I'm glad now they both sleep well in their tummies and they sleep better. They have a little bit of reflux. So I think that helps with that probably too. Um, but yeah, that they're asleep within, I would say three to five minutes every night. Awesome. And then what time are they down and what time do they get up? So we tried eight to eight and we're really going back to Seven, right now we're about 7.30 to 7.30, um, and we may even go back to 7 to 7. I have some questions for you about that, but they're yeah. just not, I think, like what you said, most babies just, they do better around that 7 to 7 time. So right now we're, for the most part, they sleep 12 hours, if not like minimum of 11 and a half. Gotcha. Okay. So we'll definitely, I have some questions um, for you, and then I would love to get into your questions about the boys currently. When you were sleep training, and this is the biggest pushback that I receive from twin parents is, well, they'll wake each other up and, you know, they, their noises will, you know, this isn't going to go well. And how do I even approach the nighttime wakings and things like that? Can you share with us how those sleep early sleep training days went when there were wakings and you did have to go respond? And how did you guys handle that together as a team? How did you handle which one to go to and were they really waking each other up? Yep. So the, the, I don't know if it's a funny thing or not, but the funny thing is uh, that I, we actually did not do the training as a team initially because we took your advice about, you know, if you're a nursing mom, the baby's smelling you, sensing you, sensing that you're in the room. And even though there are two of them and there was only one adult, my freaking rock star husband, my amazing husband, he took the first three nights all by himself. He also knew that like I was going to probably cave or lose it. <laughs> so I had to hear them cry. And he was like, I got this, you know, I've got this. We all need sleep. You go in there and you go take a bath and you go to sleep. And, you know, I was far enough away where I couldn't hear them, them crying. Um, he said the first night was the worst. Um, and then I, the nights two and three, you know, still a little challenging, but but nothing like the first night. It got way better after just one night. Um, but what he did is he literally slept right outside of their crib. He basically had his arms hanging over their cribs, consoling both at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. kind of patting them on the back, touching them because you can do all that the first night. Um, and he said he's, I think he slept in the recliner in their nursery. Um, and he said one time he fell asleep like on his knees with his arms just hanging over their cribs. Oh. For <laughs> Um, but that's how he did it. And then the next two nights he slept again, that guest bedroom right next to the nursery so that he would be close by. Did I answer your question? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And because that's, you know, I, I do ask like, yes, if you are a nursing mom and you can have someone else be involved with this, it is hugely helpful for the babies and for you. Um, definitely. And it doesn't have to be like that forever because we all just heard that you're involved in the process now. Um, and let me ask this bonus question. How did your nurse experience or journey change um, after sleep training? So we, we decided to, and I, I cannot remember if you recommended this or not, but we, we decided to do the bottle at bedtime. So I pumped so I would have a bottle to give them. Um, and I was using a breast milk donor. I, I had to have a blood transfusion after my um, very long labor. Um, their time in the NICU kind of slowed down or, you know, stunted my 
breastfeeding game, so to speak. Um, I got mastitis. There were just a, like kind of a lot of knocks against that. So I used a breast milk donor pretty early on. We we're very fortunate to have that. And by the way, don't give up. If you want your babies to have breast milk, there are moms out there there that want to give it. We didn't have to pay for it. It was donated to us. So keep the, keep the fight up, take the time, you know, have friends, um, elicit help from friends that will find someone for you. Moms want to help, which is amazing. That's wonderful. Um, but, but that was the only thing that changed for me really is that, um, and I would pump at night, even the ones they started sleeping through the night, I would still continue to pump like you had recommended, I think you recommended it just to keep my supply up. So we just did a bottle so that they wouldn't fall asleep at the breast at bedtime. Right. Okay. Gotcha. One question you asked me, Becca, that I didn't answer, but I want to, because I think this is a question we had as twin parents. You asked me about like if one twin wakes, you know, cries, will wake the other twin and letting them cry, cry it out. I don't know if that's the right term. If you don't want me to use that, please tell me and I'll use another term. No, it's it definitely, I mean, it's funny because people will say like, oh, is my baby going to cry it out? And there's different words for that. I mean, like your baby is going to cry. Sometimes people say they cry it out, meaning within 10 minutes they cry it out and they go to sleep. You know, the real like sleep training term cry it out is I'm going to put my kid down for 12 hours and see you never. I'm just going to see you later. Um, right. So I, I mean, it is, people use it interchangeably. I avoid it in my terminology because it's a hot word. But when some people like you're saying it, you don't mean 12 hours. You mean like 10 minutes. Exactly. So maybe I'll say this, like when your one twin is learning to self-soothe, you know, will they, will they wake the other twin? How about that? Is that better? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. And I will say one reason we chose your program is because I feel like it's the compassionate way to train your babies to sleep. You're not just like walking out, closing the door and leaving them, you know, so mm. and we can revisit that too, like that topic. But um, as far as them crying and waking the other, so the crazy thing was and surprising thing, because we were literally before the sleep, <laughs> sleep training program, I was so afraid one twin was going to wake the other. I literally, our bedroom's on the other side of the house from our twins where we have a one story house. So I was running, I mean, like pulling muscles, running to the other end of the house to grab the one twin and scoop them up and put them back to sleep, rock them, feed them, whatever it took to get them back to sleep, feeding them multiple times a night, by the way, which was like the worst habit we started. Cause like, just go to sleep. Don't wake up your brother. Um, you know, just terrified that they would wake the other up. But surprisingly, amazingly, when even the first night during this, when one twin would, I mean, like really protest, I mean, screaming at the top of their lungs because they're like, Hey, like you normally come and get me. <laughs> Why are you not coming to get me? What's going on? Um, the other twin would almost like just stop and listen. And then when that one stopped, sometimes the other would start. So that's how our hours were. They typically didn't both cry at the same time. Um, but very quickly they learn to sleep over the other one crying. And even now I, we, we will turn the monitor off because the one's crying so loudly and we can, and it doesn't happen often again, but just when they have those like little fits, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they're so loud, you can hear them in you know two rooms over and the other twin is sound asleep. I'm like, how is this possible? But, but that's how they just learn to sleep through each other crying. So I would say, do it. Like, don't, don't wait. Don't let that be your excuse because you're, again, you're teaching them to sleep together in the same room and they're going to have to get used to that. Oh, absolutely. And it is definitely something, I feel like I read an article recently about twins being soothed by each other um, and their sounds and their cries. And you, you think about it, I mean, they've been used to it since the literal conception. They're, they're going to be okay um, together. So I think that that's good to know. And then um, for naps, did you guys keep them in the same room or did you separate them? We did not. And I don't know where I read that, 
but or, or if I just you know, saw their twin moms that tried it. But yeah, we, we did separate them. Um, we didn't have a camera or monitor in the second room we were using to begin with. And we just got like a cheap one that we could sort of rig up because um, it didn't have really good reception just to make sure, you know, no one was stuck on their tummy or whatever. But yeah, for two, the two weeks of training, we separated them and then we put them back in the same nursery after that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I just, right before we got on this podcast, I had a check-in call with a twin mom that I've worked with her older son and now we worked with the twins. It's been six months since we worked together and we ha we have some various check-ins and they're working on the two to one nap transition. And I was like, okay, yeah. Alex, I think it's time to separate for the naps. Like this is a big transition. Let's just try to separate them um, to get this transition down. And then we could maybe bring them back together. And every twin, again, family is different on this. I've heard some who say the room is huge and they're able to like essentially separate them within the room and have like two sound machines going, things like that. People sometimes continue to separate them for naps. It really, I would just read your own twin situation and figure out what could be best. But I do recommend during training period, separating them just so we can really tell. Like sometimes there's twin A is a great napper and twin B is a terrible napper and we need to really work on twin B. So you never know. Yay. Well, I am so grateful for you sharing all of this with us and especially for being so supportive of the Sleep Society and everything that you do to share about Little Z's. I'm so glad. Um, and I, I'm definitely excited to watch these boys grow. We are too. Thank you so much, Becca. Yes. Awesome. Any final encouragement you would give to a twin mama? <laughs> Um, you can do this. Yeah, that's the, that, that's probably the biggest piece of information, like that inner critic that's like, I'm not cut out for this. You know, it's like, we can't do it until we have to, and you will figure it out. You will. And the sooner that you, you know, attempt to do it on your own, even, um, I had help, but the days that I said, you know, I'm going to try to do this on my own. I can do it. I've got to learn to do this. I was so glad that I did. And I proved to myself, I can do this and you can too, mom, hang in there. You can do it. Love it. Julie, thank you for your time on the podcast. I'm so grateful for you sharing your insight and your real stories, raw stories of the twins. This was so helpful. I know that other parents will love this and resonate with this and find encouragement because that's what it's all about. We are never in this journey alone. There is always someone that we can turn to. And I'm so grateful for you being a part of the Sleep Society continuously and excited to see and hear about your twins growing. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here today. Sweet dreams. See you next time.